This is CliffCentral.com. What is life? Life is experiences. It is a rich array of color, depth in its essence, a lesson in understanding that when you know better, you simply do better. That the greatest lesson in life is to become the highest extension of ourselves. That we should never have to judge ourselves or others for the mistakes of the past. But the people that we were yesterday and instead move away toward the men, the women, the human beings that we know we should be and strive to be deep down inside. You see, when you learn to grow and improve, that is life. We never have actually ever had to hold ourselves hostage or even for for that matter, hold on to what we used to be or anything that used to be in our yesterdays. Even sacred texts say, let he who is innocent of sin cast the first stone. So when we look back on our lives and think of our mistakes and all those who hurt us or took advantage of us, but today we are liberated We just simply let go and forgive. We now understand that we are happiness. We can be happy. How do we get to that point? Well, when we know better, we do better. And the reality is that when people take power over us, we give them that power to hurt us. We give them the opportunity to actually take advantage of us. And this lesson to do better Obviously, next time you'll know better and you'll aim to be a better person tomorrow than you were yesterday. Now, this is the most powerful lesson that anyone could ever learn. Now, after seeking first to understand, I think this is one of the fundamental and primary lessons that one could possibly learn. Um, Obviously, I draw this inspiration from the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, One definitely has to see himself first as a vessel and seek to mirror the person that you wish to, you know, undertake in negotiations with or relationship with. And from that stance, then seek then to be understood. Where are we going? Let go now or fall. This book explains best in the words of Michael Singer, the author of The Untethered Soul. You see... Where we go in our lives, that is based on the acceptance or the denial of the fact that change is the very nature of life. That the truth is we really are afraid of change. And this becomes the cause of failure. And success rests on our ability to let go of fear and change. For every single one of us, men, women, children, in all contexts, be it family, our community, our nation, our planet. We just try too hard to attain perfection. We pre-design the ultimate situation in our lives and anything that suggests or brings the change. And from the image that we actually envisage in our minds, we become that actually becomes the source of our fears. But today, I will ask you and plead with you that you shift and come to know that fear is just a thing. It's a part of the universe. It's in who we are. It is manifest in what we endure in this thing that we call life. I'm extremely thrilled, though. And basically, 
you know, I'm enlightened that we have all come to know that this enemy, this enemy called fear, we need to just get over it and get on with it. Then not let emotions bubble over. Instead, we should just let it pass through us. I'll give you an analogy of water in a kettle. As it boils, the bubbles rise to the surface and allow the trapped water to release air. And as the, the kettle boils and reaches boiling temperature, obviously. Similarly, when we're encountering emotions, we're the same way. We lose control of our mind. We act irrationally. We don't think. And this is fear. Fear is the very poison that hinders us from reaching out toward our success. And I believe that success is the absence of fear or simply the ability to ignore fear, to to act right after experiencing an emotion, not to impulsively jump into an anger or a fear reaction or impulse, but instead to step back, look at the bigger picture, allow that to influence your decision first before acting. We now accept that this is a part of life and embrace this fact and that letting go of fear is not letting go of life. But this is actually the real nature of li living truly and truly actually living to your higher calling and your full potential. We are no longer just reactive beings. We subscribe to a higher way of facing situations. Where are we going? Modern day society is driven much by monetary gain. I think we, we definitely cannot avoid that, especially in capitalist society. But inspiration is too much targeted primarily by monetary gain. And basically the satisfaction that we get from monetary gain is very temporary. It fails to keep our needs sustained, our wants sustained, our dreams and aspirations afloat. I'll give you an example of the gentleman by the name of Paul Lawrence Dunbar. This was the first African-American recognized poet. And in his poem, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, he captures this very well. The essence and the spirit of this very poem echo these sentiments clearly. Similarly, Michael, rather Maya Angelou, <laughs> Maya Angelou's poem, I Think About Myself. It's inspired by... Paul's masks. She analyzes a woman on a bus in New York City. It's quite a, a sad story. This woman sits in the front row of the bus right behind the driver and she watches the passengers as they board the bus. As they come on board, she laughs and greets them. And as they offload from the bus at every single bus stop, she smiles, laughs and greets them. But my, Maya Angelou, rather, upon the analysis of this woman and her laugh, she realizes that it's too comical. It's too perfect. It's too timed in its, in its execution. And it's unnatural. It's a mask. It's a coping mechanism that we all wear, especially as a society. We cover our pain. We cover our scars behind our smiles, behind our laugh. And this is the essence that is captured within the poem that Maya Angelou recites in When I Think About Myself. And it goes as follows. When I think about myself, I almost laugh myself to death. It's been 
One big joke, a dance that's walked, a song that's spoken. I laugh so hard I nearly choke when I think about myself. You see, 70 years in these folks' world, the child I work for calls me girl, and I say yes, ma'am, for work's sake. I'm too proud to bend, I'm too poor to break, and I laugh so hard that my stomach aches. And when I think about myself, my thoughts make me split my side. I laugh so hard I nearly die. The tales they tell, they sound like lying. They groan their fruit and eat them. I laugh so hard I start to cry. I think about myself and the little children. But then, when we wear the mask that grins, that lies, that shades our eyes, this debt we pay to him in dial, and with torn and bleeding hearts we smile, and mouth myriad subtleties, why would the world be all the wise, in counting all our tears and sighs? When we let them only see, while we wear the mask, we smile, but oh my God, the tears bleed from tortured souls arise. We sing, but the clay is long beneath our feet, and long the mile. But let the world think otherwise, we wear a mask. My fathers sit on benches and their flesh every plank count. The slats leave dents of darkness deep within their flesh. Like broken candles, all waxed and burnt profound, they say, but sugar. It was our submission that made your world go round. They laugh to shield their crying. They shuffle their dreams. They step in flesh the country. They wrote the blues in screams. They stand in mourning. I could derive their living on the edge of death, but they kept our race, they kept our race alive by wearing masks. And, <laughs> ah, yes, they, they masked their pain. With laughter. And these are the words of Maya Angelou. And definitely, definitely, I think that as a society, I think we, we mask our true agenda too much in our striving to get the green, to get the money. And we lose focus of who we really are. What brings you joy? And I don't think it's a bottle on a Friday morning. I think it's more than that. I think there's something that we all look for that is a smile that is love, that is an emotion, that is tied deeply within what really moves you, you individually and not as a society. And I think each and every single one of us, if we are quiet in just one second of our time and, and allow ourselves to introspect, we know what our calling is. We know what we want out of life and we know what brings joy out of you know this experience. But we don't go after that. We just leave that and we pursue cash. And I think that is not the only thing. I think cash is a beautiful thing to attain, but it's not all that life is about. Why are we here? Well, there's a painting by Maya 
Oh, rather, that Maya Angelou used to talk about, rather. It's a painting done by Phoebe, a famous American artist. Um, and it used to remind her of her grandmother. Now, this particular painting was of a couple of women in a prayer meeting, and they look rather of old age. Um, and as they sit, there's a chair in the middle. Now, it's like a line of women, obviously, um, sitting in series. And the very center of this group, there's an empty chair. And in this painting, you can't help but glance and stare, rather, at this empty chair. And it feels like you are the person that's expected to jump into the painting and sit in that chair. Now, Maya Angelou starts to to interrogate this painting, and she says that she feels like her grandmother speaks to her with that chair when she looks at that painting. Um, she starts to understand the answer to this particular question. Why are we here? Why are we on earth? What is this thing called life about? If, you know, if there ever was a purpose, what is it? And she starts to answer it in these words. She says her grandmother would say, now, sister, you know, that's right. That it's not about something uh, or things that everyone around you has to say. It's not something that will be directly profitable or even expedient. But this will satisfy your soul. It's simply a calm. It's a place of understanding that we are here to try to be all we can. To be the best human beings we possibly can be. This can be from our very homes, our streets, our workplaces, our classrooms. But simply because it is the right thing to do. Now, you will be known for this. People will even fight to see you win. They will bless you. And I would suggest that don't live a life you'll regret in the pursuit of chasing for cash. Don't degrade yourself. Don't lose your morals. Don't lose your compass. Make your choices. And it's not about the negatives. Just pick up the pieces. No matter how bad the storm was yesterday, pick up the pieces and make the world better. Start where you are with what you have right now. Do we make this thing work and how and who am I? Now, these are very important questions. I think every single man asks himself these questions. I think virtually every morning when you wake up and you seek deep inspiration from within yourself to get out of bed, first of all. And I think, yeah, for many people that green does that inspiration for them but we all have a calling and this is actually the secret that lies deep within our hearts but what causes this never to manifest and people actually not following or answering their calling um, is basically because they think that life is forever that you can actually walk or live this life without ever having, you know, answered that calling. But the truth is, you will always have that question hanging over you until you allow yourself to entertain that thought, that what if that lives within your mind, the back of your head, every time you look at yourself in the mirror, when you're alone, you know what you're supposed to be doing, you know what brings you joy, but you're just too afraid to do it. Well, for a lot of people, and um, I think for myself, this is exactly the, the question and the circumstance that you know, definitely, definitely drove me to look at 
life in a different way. That was given this analogy from um, an Oprah Winfrey show, actually. Um, she actually made an analogy of how people um, take take life as something that's not very serious because they think they have forever to live. But imagine that you, you had a couple of days. Imagine you had a couple of months. Imagine you had a couple of years. How would you use those to make sure that that dream comes true? I think for too many people as well, besides the time factor, there's also the element of the supernatural, that they think your talent, your gift, whatever it is that is your calling, that it needs to be something superhuman, that it's something that no one else can do, that is beyond reality. Um, but this becomes our very self-criticism and the feelings of unworthiness. An example, I want to be a poet. But someone will step into the room and say, how are you going to be a poet? That's <laughs> not a job, you know. And, okay, I'm going to stand up and say I want to be a singer. Someone will walk in and say, ooh, okay, how are you going to do that? There's no money in music, you know. So there's always a reason. There's always an excuse. But I am really, really sorry to disillusion you. But the truth of the matter is that excuses are too cheap a currency to trade for your dreams. We let fear and people's opinions shape and shift our lives. We end up losing our destiny. But we are at war to live our lives. To live our lives, not other people's, not, not entertaining other people's opinions and designing our desires to tailor, to not offend our parents, to not offend our brothers and sisters, to make as money, as much money as possible so that you can impress your next door neighbor and the Joneses to be kept up with. No, I believe that our life is much, much too expensive for that. Now, why? Why is it that people actually don't achieve their dreams? The biggest reason why people don't achieve their dreams is because of a lack of discipline. I think too many people rely on talent and talent alone cannot get you very far. You need to get to the place of distilling your understanding of what success really is. It's being in tune with your emotion and allowing your happiness to inspire you. Find something that brings you joy, but apply science to that. Allow yourself the time necessary the concentration necessary, the focus, the sacrifice necessary for you to fuel your dream and propel yourself to the success levels that you desire for your life. This is called the, the war of art. You must just simply get stronger. Get up earlier in the morning. Go further. I see this in so many um, high-end people, I think, in society, you know, I can mention so many. Um, there's Maya Angelou herself, Paul Dunbar, Nelson Mandela, even the lights of Gareth Cliff. I see it in all these people. So many people have found something that they enjoy and have turned that into a career. I know you have it. Just love it. Listen and pay attention to your life. Listen to your life as it whispers at first. This is the perfect and ultimate principle that life is all about. Every single moment, every little second, your life speaks to you. Every event that comes into your experience. But this just gets worse. 
The more out of tune you are, the more out of vibration you are, the less you listen to the lessons that life is trying to teach you, the less likely it is that you will succeed. The more you crash. Now, when you hold on to your history, you do it at the expense of your destiny. These are the words of T.D. Jakes. And I think for me, I've seen this so many times that, you know, you'll walk into a situation and because you've had an argument with someone, because you weren't feeling yourself or something didn't quite go the way you planned, you allow that to affect your dream. You had a plan next week to go somewhere or to do something really profound, but something really small, like someone pissed you off, you ended a relationship, someone disrespected you, but however painful it is, it's no excuse Negativity does not belong in your dream arena. That should never be stained by emotion. I think, you know, one of the fundamental principles of life is to be able to filter out the things that are negative and to take the positive and take them, clutch them so hard till your fingers bleed, put them in your heart and let them live there forever. Water it every day with words of wisdom, words of inspiration. Allow yourself to be rooted within yourself that as the winds come the sun shines and the words of curse the words of confrontation may come from anyone that need not destroy you catch every brick they throw your way and use it to build your foundation because that is the true definition of success someone who's able to bend in the wind to allow the rain to slither down his back and the sun to burn his skin but never to lose his vision Now, everything that you are is based on a story. Now, don't let an old story from 20 years ago, from two days ago, from 30 minutes ago, change who you are. Something can happen to you right now, but don't, do not walk around telling that story for the rest of your life. Stop telling the old story. It's getting old. Get over it. Don't use it again. Some people were raped. Some people experienced bad, bad crimes. You know, there's hate speech there's so much that can be done to offend one and circumstance can be extremely unkind and cruel but none of these things are worthy of being allowed to stain your path your path should instead be strengthened you should allow your vision to be the light necessary you know to guide you in your path you don't need everything to be perfect for life to unfold the way that you want it to be and i really believe that when you allow yourself to be self-inspired, when you allow yourself to be motivated just within yourself by saying, you know what, things didn't go the way that I planned. But you know what, I have a vision, I have a plan. And within my vision and my plan, I'm not going to hold on to it so tight that I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I'm going to allow myself to evolve, evolve with the situation, no matter how difficult it is. I will evolve and grow and strategize and plan and change. Because something that is not changing something that is not growing, something that does not evolve, it's dead. Excuses, I'll repeat again, are too cheap a currency to trade for your dreams. You deserve better. You don't have to worry about trusting other people if you can trust yourself. These are the words of Dr. Phil. Now, I don't think that is possible, and I would suggest you never invest more then you can lose in another person. Um, the more 
you self-actualize the love vibration that lives within your heart, your heart, that becomes the true manifestation of enlightenment. Possibilities, success, wealth, and all those other things come to you when you tap into that particular portion within yourself that is the love. Now, when I make reference to love, I think it's such a vague concept that to a lot of people it sounds like mambo jumbo, but there is something that you connect with, something that resonates from deep within you so much that you can't contain it. As soon as the song plays, if you're a guitarist, for example, and you hear that bass guitar, those goosebumps that you get, you know, that racing feeling as your heart pulsates and you just cannot help it but hum along and tap your feet and bop your head because you know that rhythm lives within you. You can run away from your dream, but your dream will always live inside of you. But are you choking it with your doubts or are you embracing it with your heart and stepping forward, taking those risks and making things happen? Enlightenment is the actualization of the love that lives within your heart. So do what you love and live out loud. Even Whitney Houston says in a a very popular song that learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. We've all heard that sentiment to thine own self be true. This sentiment is echoed in so many a sacred text. And the biggest question is, and a lot of people ask God this question, why can't we find real love? The answer lies within ourselves. In order to find true love, we've got to really, really be ready to understand that we must give first before we can receive it. Are you ready to give real love? Are you ready to give real love when the person is wrong, when the person is right, when the sun shines, when it rains, after the storm, even when the rainbow comes up and the sun is right, well, shining once again, are you ready to love that person? And I think too many of us are not ready for that, but we claim that we want to find real love. But also, there is a place inside you that is sacred that is yours alone, that you must protect, you must clean it, you must preserve it. It's a secret place, and this place is called self-respect. That we must respect ourselves to the point that when people do disrespect us, we're able to say, not me. You don't have to be rude about it. You don't have to swear and curse a person and get worked up and go right down to their level of negativity and negative vibration and manifestation of horrible, horrible events. Just tell them, stop it. Say no. Know exactly when to say no. Respect yourself enough to say no. Now, the greatest advice that we could possibly ever get is to forgive and let go. Be ready to take care of yourself. And you'll have enough to give of yourself to the rest of the world. So what is the end lesson? I love this one. I love this one because most of you know and understand this one. Think of your life as a cup. Okay, a cup is a a wonderful example, I think. Imagine that you're filling this cup with a substance. Now, what do you fill yourself with? 
Imagine that life is a tray, for example, and you're being served with something every single day. Every moment that you, you want to achieve something, you've set yourself a standard and you want something. You, you're at work, you're in church, you're in society, whatever it is that you do out there. Whatever it is that you've set your targets on, you've got your crosshairs and you've aimed at something. What you manifest, what comes to you, what actualizes in your life is directly proportional to what you fill your cup with. What do you fill your cup with? What do you fill yourself with? Is it with people's opinions and comments? Those negative comments that say you'll never make it. You're not worthy. The economy is down. What are you thinking? What are you doing? You'll never make it. What are you trying to do? Who are you trying to impress? The real truth is the only person that we can really impress is ourselves. This is exactly what keeps a lot of people back. Because we get so much, so much of the negativity, and we choose to keep it in our hearts, but it doesn't belong there. Evict, 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 and invite the love. Invite the self-acceptance that belongs in your heart. I mean, they've even, oh gosh, they've even cartoonerized, you know, the design of what a heart really looks like into a heart shape. It's psychologically meant to indicate love because the heart really is the place where you're supposed to keep love, not hurt, not pain. Stop telling that story. You live there longer than you deserve to. But the truth is, we should actually fill our cup with joy, with positive thoughts, with hopes and wishes plans and aspirations and that is the real source of our strength fill yourself with love love yourself and love your life love until your cup runneth over and only then will you be ready to give this to give your life to share your abundance your wealth that you manifest right back to the world I've learned a lot but it's not enough I think whatever lesson that you learn in your life, I think it's really important to allow yourself to start implementing the things that you learn, no matter how small the lesson. And I think one of the most painful lessons that I've ever actually learned are arresting anger. You know, I think too many of us allow anger to just like lose control and, and step into the room and rip opportunity away, take opportunities that belong to us, you know, and literally tear us apart. I'll give you an example. Um, road rage. You're driving somewhere and someone curses you because you've made a turn without indicating. Okay, so this person curses you. What do you do back? You curse them back. And in turn, when you get to work, instead of getting a promotion, when your boss was actually very impressed with your work, you step into the office, you don't greet your boss, you fling your stuff across the room, and you behave like someone that owns the space. And they don't understand the events that have unfolded prior to you stepping into the room. I think no matter how much you you are worthy, as in you've earned the right to be angry, showing it to people, allowing it to manifest and unfold in front of people, that is the ultimate weakness and that is what takes away from us. And I think the ability to take that anger, compartmentalize it and let it evolve into a stress releasing activity, for example, you know, like, I don't know, painting, meditation, find something, but don't use it. Don't use it at work. Don't use it at home. It ruins so many relationships, so many homes, so many people have died. So many homes are broken because of this. Anger is the worst, you know, especially in, in my experiences and lessons that I've learned.
So this is the very nature of who we are. You know, we should, as much as we have carnal minds and emotions, emotions drive us, emotions make us who we are. We should actually let them take a back seat for a change. Look at the bigger picture. Allow yourself to be inspired by what you want as an end result. Look at the end of the equation, the answer that you want to get. Don't get lost in the adding and the subtracting. Because in the long run, you want that answer. You want that success. You want that ultimate dream to come true. So don't let anger get in that way. Now the difference is one's ability and the likelihood to win in any circumstance is one's willingness to improve. You must become, or rather this must become, a daily ritual. That our standards keep us in limbo. That no one else has the power but us. He, Even he who lives in us, you know, that persona, that person that you really are deep down inside is always seeking growth and expansion. And that is the very nature of things. That is the very nature of humankind as a whole. I'll give you an example of plants. You know, we plant a seed, you water it, and it grows, turns into a tree, bears fruit. It's always in a process of evolution. And us as humankind, we need to evolve. And if you're not evolving, if you're not prepared to change, to shape up and move up in the world, then you will be shaped up, shacked out, and kicked out of the world. Because, you know, we do live in a very conveyor belt society where you have to be moving up the ladder. And if you're not prepared to get up on that conveyor belt and get up there and get successful, life will bring you down. And I think one one of those lessons definitely, definitely gain expression in the understanding of the willingness to improve. So the very nature that we see in plants as they grow and bear fruit, this is not very easy to analyze when we look at ourselves because we try to design our lives too much. We try to control it so much that we have this perfect pristine image and we're not striving for perfection here. You know, you need to understand that we're striving to excel, to grow because what's growing is dead. I mean, what's not growing is dead rather. And getting to that point, getting to the point at which you become the leader of your own life and have a higher expectation of yourself, not of other people. It's so easy to go around pointing fingers. Hey, you have a higher expectation. Hey, you improve this. No. How about we start in the mirror, point to that person and tell yourself that you want to improve. Choose something. I don't know. There's so much you can try and improve on. I don't know your your health your wealth, whatever it is, choose something, but sit higher targets, sit higher standards for yourself. Always seek to evolve and change because change is, is the only constant in life. But obviously the change that you make can be controlled by yourself and make that a positive change. Fantastic. Thank you so much for tuning in to Cliff Central. That was actually an offering by myself, Sia. Um, that was actually a very, very long poem extract from something that I wrote in the past. I'm so excited to tell you about it. Obviously, um, if you want to find out more, you can actually tweet me. My handle is at the official Sia. Um, and the song that was playing in the background is actually a 
just a teaser of a single I'm working on. It's called Look Me in the Eye or Let's Fall in Love Again. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to Cliff Central. This is the best of the best, guys. You can actually tweet us on at cliffcentral.com and you can actually hit us up on Facebook on Cliff Central or WeChat ID on Cliff Central or send us a message on WeChat. Just tap connect and then message to show. This is cliffcentral.com. Download the Cliff Central app, available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store.